0: But even if you're a native New Orleanian like I am uh, and have lived here almost all my life, you will learn something about New Orleans that you did not know here. In fact, you'll learn a lot about New Orleans that you did not know here. There's parts of the city that I hadn't been in, uh, uh, facts about certain buildings that I did not uh, understand.
1: Welcome. You're listening to World Footprints. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick.
2: And I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. You just heard a clip with one of View Orleans developers, Paul Flower. On today's episode, we'll share a bird's eye view of New Orleans from atop View Orleans, an extraordinary new museum that also takes us deep into the history of this city, a history that Henry Louis Gates is helping to tell. We're here in New Orleans atop View Orleans, uh, overlooking the city at the Four Seasons, and we're joined by the developers of this wonderful space. We're joined by Paul Flower and Henry coxson Welcome to World Footprints. Welcome,
1: gentlemen. Oh,
2: thank you. We're delighted. Thank you for having us. Uh, Paul tell us about uh, what went into reimagining the World Trade Center and now the four seasons here in New Orleans we're in this wonderful view Orleans space which really has allowed us to see the city from a much different
0: point of view sure well you know, you know the um, we actually have this building through a lease with the city of New Orleans and Uh, Obviously, it was uh, with the commitment to build uh, Four Seasons Hotel and Residences, which we think is just terrific, but also to do something that would be available to the public and unique, uh, and would help explain what New Orleans is about. And so that uh, was the original impetus for what's now become New Orleans. And the first thing we did uh, is to make three hires: one to Henry Lewis Gates, uh, historian, uh, Larry Powell, Dr. Powell, uh, author of The Accidental City, and Cartina and Associates. So uh, Cartina brought the capability of bringing this cutting edge technology and Dr. Gates and Dr. Powell helped lead a team of historians to help us make sure that this fun, interactive, touchless attraction was historically accurate and really told the story of New Orleans from its inception to today and why our culture is what it is today. And that's what we really want to do. Why is this city so unique? What amalgamation of cultures came together to make us what we are today?
1: I could have stayed downstairs and played for hours with, with the technology uh, that was created just to, to tell those stories. That's ingenious.
0: It, it is. It's, um, uh, it, you, you really won't find that. I mean, Cartina has done this type of work in, mm-hmm. in uh, facilities, museums, the African American Museum in, in Washington, mm-hmm. museums in, in, in San Francisco. But this is, goes even further than anything he's done. It's touchless, it's interactive, um, it is very high quality. And so we had to go out of the city for that type of technology. But almost everything else in this has been produced by a local.
2: Henry, uh, Paul touched on the people, uh, and I know you've got a direct connection to a lot of the people whose stories are here on this project. Give us a sense of, uh, of the people who, who make New Orleans special and the people here.
3: The greatest thing about Vue Orleans is that we were able to get local people actually involved mm. under Cortina's production leadership. We got our culture bearers in music, Mm -hmm. in art, in food, all engaged at a time during the pandemic. This process occurred over a period of seven years. So it provided that opportunity for folks to make money and engage in something that they truly love. Much of the casting, uh, the organization locally was done by Glenda McKinley,
1: Hmm.
3: Tommy Myrick. Did much of the casting and production. Eric Cager was involved in the music. And then the artisans, ah, Richard Thomas. Ah. It was just so much work to be done, mm-hmm. but it was done by locals, locals that actually care. And for many of them, this has been a work of love. Their passion is throughout really emanates throughout the whole facility.
0: Irma Thomas narrates mm-hmm. the movie right. on the second yes. level, for example. Yeah. Um, all of the actors, uh, whether they were playing Bienville, or Marie Laveau, or Henriette de Lille or the Baroness Pantalba mm-hmm. or George are all local. Um, actors all the production facilities i think it was mostly it was produced over at wys if yes. i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. so we're proud of that and and it was those local people that that fell in love with the project mm-hmm. and brought uh, all of their talents to this and of course all the art and the, and and the murals all done by local artists and 100% in view all lane as local artists but I will tell you that also in the hotel itself 85% of the art au- in that hotel done by local artists so wow.
1: you know I was gonna say when I first walked in I felt like this was a love letter to the city of New Orleans and uh, and it comes across and, and I'm wondering you know when you were developing this when you had this in mind um, I would think you'd have a couple of goals a goal to serve the city of New Orleans, but also a goal to to tell the story of New Orleans to people who don't live here. Would, would is that was that part of the consideration for this project? I think that was a
3: big consideration. We wanted this opportunity to be the concierge to mm-hmm. the city. Not only have the culture bearers here, but have a project like no other. Mm-hmm. There is no other. New Orleans in the country. This is the place that you need to come first, bring your guests and it's fresh so you can see it time and time again. It takes over an hour and a half to tour it, but it is something truly magnificent.
0: But even if you're a native New Orleanian like I am, uh, and have lived here almost all my life, you will learn something about New Orleans mm. that you did not know here. In fact, you'll learn a lot about New Orleans that you did not know here. There's parts of the city that I hadn't been in, uh, uh, facts about certain buildings Orleans. that I did not uh, understand. So you, even if you are a native Arlenian, you should come here because you will learn things about your city that mm-hmm. you do not know and you'll learn things about neighborhoods that you maybe have driven through but really haven't stopped to look.
3: And if you have young adults and children, they will thrive with the interactivity. It is a a great opportunity for school kids to learn, to have tours. We plan to, at some point, have interactive learning materials for them because it tells the culture, the history, the art, why we exist, and why New Orleans is the most multicultural city Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. As
2: we were talking to Henry and Paul, we noticed an interesting graphic that spanned the entire wall of the top floor of New Orleans, a map that covered uh, the territory from uh, Lake Itasca in Minnesota all the way to
0: Louisiana and the Gulf of Mexico. The concept of it was at Cartina's and and uh, uh, Cambridge Seven's office and I believe to finally find somebody that can manufacture it with the pictures of the city by the yeah. name. I think that was done in Maine. Okay, mm. you mentioned Cambridge Seven. Uh, they're, they're, they're the architect. I know. The architect. They, they
2: have designed most of the aquariums. They designed the National Aquarium in, in Baltimore, Baltimore and the New yeah. England
0: Aquarium. So And they're here. And voila. Wow. Yeah. So Cambridge Seven's architect for four seasons and then oh. their their museum aquarium division work with Cartina <laughs> to design that. So Cartina's doing the technology mm-hmm. and Cambridge Seven's doing the interior wow. design. Wow. 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 Good, the map was so powerful
2: to us as travelers because, and and given where we've lived, so I was able to follow the path of, 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 of this, of, of all the rivers from like Montana. Every town listed in Montana here we have been to from Wilk right. Point. We flew into the tiny wow. little airport and Wolf Point, which is about the size of a of a rancher of a or, a, or a bungalow, <laughs> basically, uh, you know. And uh, you and know, that shows how it's like connected
0: to New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
3: absolutely. Every river, every lake, every little tributary yeah. is there. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you could spend time just on that alone, mm-hmm. and tracing absolutely. where you've
2: been. Absolutely, and so if you love geography and
0: you love places, and this is just a wonderful wonderful depiction so, I mean, who would have assumed that Wickley Kentucky was connected to New Orleans <laughs>
1: yeah right. I hope the Detroit rivers on there I haven't been around enough to see it but <laughs> I didn't know, see
2: it I didn't see it oh. but you know well but that's, uh, that's a river, <laughs> river from a from a different
1: system gotcha
3: you're listening to the award-winning world footprints podcast with Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick World Footprints connects you to the world through powerful storytelling that illuminates our common humanity and uncovers the full narrative of our cultural and human experiences. Support World Footprints by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. This will help other like-minded and interested travelers find us. Also, please join the World Footprints community by subscribing to our newsletter from worldfootprints.com.
1: The first step towards tolerance is respect, and the first step towards respect is knowledge. Henry Louis Gates. Here's more of our conversation with Henry Cokesom and Paul Flower from View Orleans, as we enjoy an extraordinary view of New Orleans. Um, you know, I wanted to commend both of you. Uh, having had a chance to look at some of the movies and, and the exhibits, you really dug deep with the history. And I, I love history. I'm a lover uh, of history. And I think in telling history, it's important to tell the full narrative, which you have done, you, you know, in, in the midst of some not feeling comfortable with our right. complete history. Yes. Um, but it's important to know because it's our collective history and so I, I really want to commend you. Uh, and, and we thought that. it
0: was important to tell the complete history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, all of it uh, has uh, contributed in some way to mm-hmm. how our culture is today. Right. And so uh, we thought that was important.
1: Absolutely. And who we are. Yeah. Because Absolutely. there's still
0: there's
3: still opportunity to add to that, mm-hmm. so that to keep it fresh,
1: right, right. Are you collaborating with other organizations like the um, uh Historical Col- New Orleans, Historic Orleans Collective. Yes. Yes. yes, we started okay. out that
3: way. That was a big part of it. when we started out seven years ago. We weren't. We knew we didn't want to be a museum, mm-hmm. but we wanted to be a collaborative. Right. And so initially, we thought we'd have aspects of everyone's collections on loan because we wanted to partner with them and not have them be threatened that there was a new kid on the block. Mm-hmm. So that was established. We thought at one point that we'd ha- be able to have uh, items from the New Orleans Historic Collection and be able to touch and see them 3D, but when we, we got with Cortina, Jim Cortina and his team, we realized that there was another way to do this that was less expensive. But all of the research mm-hmm. involved all of our partners.
0: Yeah, you know, we we spent not only, and if you look at the movies that we have, yes. here Rising Up, for instance, you will notice that a lot of the pictures that come up during that movie mm-hmm. are credited to uh, the historic New Orleans collection are ah, okay. other people where we got the Amistad
3: research center
1: okay oh wow yes
0: and, and so it and it wasn't just that too because we also if you go to the historic New Orleans collection mm. or Amistad or several other you, you'll find that there are certain people in our city that are historians that study a particular portion of our city's history and so we were able to benefit by getting their research mm-hmm. um, and actually they were on the payroll, so to speak, and uh, helped us uh, put together this along with Dr. Gates and Dr. uh, Dr. Powell.
3: It's also very important to understand that museums, archives, collections are all struggling. They all have major financial concerns. So it's important for us to give back Mm -hmm. by utilizing those cherished resources and making sure they're part of that financial screen, Because if we don't do that collectively, they will go out of business. Mm-hmm. It's not because the substance of the material, mm-hmm. it's because they don't have the financial sure. resources.
1: I wish you guys could come to uh, Washington, D.C. and give a lesson in cooperation and <laughs>
3: Well, we actually, we actually went to Washington, D.C. as a team to the African American Museum mm-hmm. and got lots of ideas there.
1: Oh, I'm uh, talking about Congress. (laughs) No, no, no. no, no. Uh, We have our own little issues here,
3: (laughs) but we're trying to keep it within our state and work it out. (laughs) But when you think about, when I think about Jim Cortina and how they have affected this country along with Cambridge 7, the Green Book uh, exhibit Mm -hmm. was actually, when we saw it and liked it, we thought about Story cafe. Mm -hmm. So the Mm -hmm. elements are there. Um, It's so much. We've taken the best ideas from around the world, captured them, and shamelessly adapted them to our use.
1: No shame in that. No shame in that.
3: It's called credibility. If something works, why recreate it Mm -hmm. without starting over?
2: Paul, I wanted to ask you because we're in the world, the former World Trade Center, right. and we know that this building was a significant modern building that helped to reshape the skyline of New Orleans. And essentially, your team stepped in and preserved what many thought was a very modern building. But I know you had some challenges because this, this is even though it's modern, you still had some of the issues of uh, dealing with a building that was that had old bones and old infrastructure and so forth.
0: Give us a sense of- Which I can appreciate because I've got old <laughs> bones too. <laughs> but no, it's, it, it, it was a challenge. And you know what we found out was that, that this building was known by almost all of New Orleans and it, mm-hmm. they felt it was their mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people got engaged where we're standing really? right now, yes. on the revolving bar? Right and. And uh, how, many people, how many people have come up to me and told me, oh, I work there, or my dad worked there, that type of thing. So we knew it was important to the city. But it was also built at a time when the wind loads uh, that you designed a building for are half of what you need to do it today. Mm-hmm. So it had to be reinforced. It has some differential settlement in it that had to be uh, corrected. And we had to refurbish all of the exterior panels and replace mm-hmm. the uh, windows. and. Uh, that type of thing but it was a labor of love and we're delighted that we were able to bring it back to life and also add on to it and And, and the architects did a terrific job in the way they've done that and the, the way it looks and how it fits in uh, with the city and within the building itself and of course it was interesting to be able to, to have to do all of that right next to the flood wall and with <laughs> a, with an operating train yeah. going by. So. It, there was a lot of challenges, but we're just really proud of it, and really everybody that is coming here, uh, I guess the term that I hear the most often is, I was blown away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we feel the same way. We yeah. echo
1: that, yeah.
3: But it also still was the first World trade center in the U.S., period
1: didn't know wow
3: 1969
1: wow Wow. and
0: we've made if you go through the building you'll find a lot of artifacts if you call it that from the building Mm -hmm. and we've made for instance they they Nobody has uh, does it anymore, but there were cigarette urns. Well, mm-hmm. they, but it was a particular type, and, and or there were pictures, or there were plaques, or there was um, uh, 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 fire. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, the fireplace? Uh, not a fireplace. Uh, 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 fire pipe. Uh, okay. part of The sprinkler system. Sprinkler. They were, okay. That they all wanted us to. Uh, to, to, to keep in mm-hmm. the building so if you go through the building and you'll find that all of those artifacts are in uh, these little art boxes mm-hmm. so they're put together as art and mm-hmm. kept in the building okay. um, and some of that is some of that is here you've you've seen some of that uh, on the second floor here as well as you can see it in the in the hotel mm-hmm. so it's it's been uh, it's been to bring this building back.
1: Well, you know, and it, it, it reminds me of the story, you know, the phoenix rising from the ashes and, you know, after 2005, people were saying, why build New Orleans, it's going to happen again, and people were writing this city off, but every year we've been coming, this is our ninth or tenth year during French Quarter Festival there's new things, things are changing and you have raised a a building that um, was not, people weren't too complimentary of the old World Trade Center, (laughs) I'll I'll say, but you've built something beautiful with that and um, and you know it makes me think about an interview that Ian and I did with uh, a gentleman whose uh, family is a uh, Filipino, and he, you know, we were talking about the, the grit of immigrants and, and having something like the fifth gear, he calls it the fifth gear, which gives them that extra drive, and I thought, well this city is made of immigrants, I mean it's built, you it know, is. and we so are. there's a lot of, uh,
0: we're an amalgamation of yes. immigrants, and, uh, we, we really are, we also, speaking of the building, it used to be 33 stories, but we've of the story mm-hmm. so we're now, we're, now th- we're a little bit taller usually yeah. you shrink when you get older
1: <laughs> depends on the bones you know these bones are good we're
3: really the amalgamation of the best the world has to offer mm-hmm. all here in new Orleans. Absolutely. so it's important to understand that every exhibit is in English, Spanish, and French. Mm -hmm. Because that's who we are. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, one last question. So, because we are a a travel show, uh, you know, a socially conscious travel show, I have to ask you a travel-related question. Um, If, you were to, to pick anyone to share, or to sit next to on a, a long haul flight to your favorite country, Who would you want to sit next to, past or present, and why? Um,
0: and you're excluding my wife of 54 years. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, she can come too. But,
0: you know. Thank you for cleaning that up. That's a
3: dangerous
1: question. In addition to your wife, uh, who would
0: you like? a, a historical figure.
1: Past or present?
0: Past, oh, okay, past to present. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I think uh, I would like to uh, sit by Henriette DeLille uh, uh, because of the life she led and what she meant mm. uh, to education and health in the city, city of New Orleans.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful.
0: For me,
3: it's very simple. Uh, being a historian myself, I'd like to take a long-distance trip with Henry Lewis Gates mm-hmm. okay. because I would really like to get my uh, genealogy told. And um, he's someone that I respect and mm-hmm. admire and got a chance to work with on this project. So we didn't spend much time together in Cambridge. And a lot of it was long distance, but he's someone who still fascinates me by the stories he tells and the history that he finds within your birth path. Mm -hmm.
1: Beautiful, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time.
0: You're very welcome. Thank Thank you you so
1: much. Done. This is a beautiful work of art. Thank Thank you very much. We appreciate
0: you you all coming by and seeing us. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: You know, we, we've we seen a lot of museums dear, we've traveled uh, many, many places, but I have never seen anything like this before. You know, as uh, Paul and Henry said, people are blown away. I was truly blown blown away. It was so immersive, almost like a Van Gogh, one of the Van Gogh exhibits that's, that's touring. Um, the artwork was amazing, the history, everything. I love this attraction. And I know architecture is your thing, and we talked about the old World Trade Center in this interview. What it impressed you the most?
2: This is a building that had been sitting vacant for a long time, a, a modern skyscraper uh, that had come to uh, dominate the skyline of New Orleans until some taller buildings came along, but This building is a wonderful example of what you can do in terms of creating uh, mixed use inside of an old building. This was an office building, and it's now taken on a life as residences, as a hotel, as almost a Four Seasons, almost like an urban resort.
1: Did you know it was the first World Trade Center building in North America?
2: I know it was one of the first uh, uh, at that time when there was this, uh, in, you know, city building competition for ports to have World Trade Centers. Uh, not as important as it used to be, but still, uh, this, this building uh, captures the spirit of the old building and moves forward with a whole bunch of new uses that support the tourism industry in New Orleans and is a destination worth seeing.
1: I, I echo that, and I, I cannot say enough uh, how impressed I was with the the technology. I mean, I felt y- there were movies everywhere. There were move, there was movement everywhere. You could learn about, you know, the history of jazz. You could um, hear stories from people who helped shape that city. I mean, it it was just the coolest exhibit, and to think it came out of that World Trade Center building. And I remember that back in the day when we were, you know, when we first started going to New Orleans. um, Wasn't an attractive sight, I must say. (laughs) Henry Louis Gates said, no human culture is inaccessible to someone who makes the effort to understand, to learn, to inhabit another world. That is the power of history and travel. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we're so happy that you're here. It would mean a lot to us if you could leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: We'd love for you to join our community, so please subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter from our website at worldfootprints.com. Our newsletter is full of travel news, tips, and resources, including our favorite links.
1: Thank you for your support and for giving us the space to share the world through the stories we offer on World Footprints. Until next time, commit to choosing love. This World Footprints podcast with Ian and Tonya Fitzpatrick is a production of World Footprints, LLC, Silver Spring, Maryland. The multi-award-winning podcast is available on worldfootprints.com and on audio platforms worldwide, including iHeartRadio, Public Radio Exchange, iTunes and Stitcher. Connect with the world one story at a time with World Footprints. Visit worldfootprints.com to enjoy more podcasts and explore hundreds of articles from international travel writers. And be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. World Footprints is a trademark of World Footprints LLC, which retains all rights to the World Footprints portfolio, including worldfootprints.com and this podcast.